What is up everyone? It's Quinn here. And in today's video, I'm going to be going through my week three wide receiver start sits. If you guys are new to the channel or new to my start sit videos, I'm going to be going through every single week three matchup. So all 16 games talking about every single fantasy relevant wide receiver, I'm going to be listing them as either a start, a fringe option or a sit. So the starts are the players you feel very confident throwing into your lineup. These are typically going to be your wide receiver ones, your wide receiver twos, the fringe plays. These are going to be like your wide receiver threes, the flex options. You may not love them in your lineup, but you know, you they're playable. You can slide them in there, you know, to the flex, or if you have like a deep uh, roster setting, if you guys enjoy the video, hit the like button, subscribe to the channel. I already have my running back start sits posted. So go check that one out after this one, but let's just jump right into it. We're going to start off with the Thursday night game giants taking on the 49ers looking at this giants wide receiver room it's pretty up in the air at this point you've got isaiah hodgins darius slayton and paris campbell those are the three that are operating as like you know the three most utilized wide receivers but we saw jalen hyatt get some snaps in week one had like two receptions for just under 90 yards so he's starting to make some plays but i mean here in week three i don't really want any of these guys in my lineups especially going up against the 49ers a very tough matchup would definitely be fading the uh, Giants wide receiver room. On the other side for the 49ers, this is something I talked about last week. Brandon Ayuk had that monster week one performance. Everyone was talking about how Ayuk is the better wide receiver. Ayuk is going to be their top weapon throughout the entire season. And what I was saying was like, all these dudes are going to have their boom games and all of them are going to have some down games. Last week, Debo had the down game. This week, we saw Debo go nuclear. Brandon Ayuk had a more pedestrian game. I'm not panicking on either of these guys. I think they're both locked in starts moving forward. I think they're great options in your lineup. It's just that there's a lot of you know weapons on this offense who need to get the ball. So they're not consistently going to be balling out week after week. Got Debo, Kittle, Ayuk, CMC. Some of them are going to have big games. Others are going to have down games, you know, those same weeks. But over the entire season, these guys should definitely pay off and are both going to be strong starts for me here. Now, moving over to the Sunday slate, we have the Colts taking on the Ravens. For the Colts, Michael Pittman logged another pretty solid game here in week two. I think he's a nice like back end wide receiver two play moving forward. I'm going to be sitting there wide receiver two and three, Josh Downs and Alec Pierce. For the Ravens, I have Zay Flowers as a start. He had a really strong week one. Um, then he was solid in week two, nothing crazy, five targets, four receptions, 62 yards. He didn't see the same number of like schemed up touches that he saw in week one, which kind of led to, you know, a less impressive overall stat line, but he still led the team in routes run. Um, OBJ is currently dealing with an ankle injury, so we'll see if he suits up in week three. I would still have him as a sit either way. Um, and then Rashad Bateman was someone I was kind of interested in heading into the season. I thought he had an opportunity to work his way into like a top two wide receiver slot on this offense. It definitely has not happened so far. His usage has been pretty disappointing, so he's definitely going to be a sit for me also. Next game is going to be the Titans taking on the Browns. And after a pretty strong week one, at least in terms of volume out of DeAndre Hopkins, he had a down week two. I'm not going to, you know, penalize him too hard for that because I mean, it didn't even seem like he was a lock to play in that game, was dealing with an ankle injury all week. I still view him as a start, like a back-end wide receiver two option. He goes up against the Browns in week three. Traylon Burks had a decent day, but definitely someone I don't want to be starting for fantasy, at least at this point in the season. On the other side with the Browns, it looked like for most of the weekend, Amari Cooper probably wasn't going to be suiting up in this game. He ends up playing and not only just like getting out there, put together a solid performance. So I think he's a locked in start moving forward, a very solid wide receiver too. 
And then Elijah Moore had some nice volume. He commanded a solid number of targets here on uh, Monday Night Football. It didn't necessarily translate to production. And through two weeks, Deshaun Watson has not been very impressive as a passer. I kind of gave him a pass in week one because the conditions were bad. Joe Burrow also really struggled. But week two, the conditions were fine against the Steelers, and he just really did not look great. So until Watson starts to pick it up, or if he starts to pick it up, I'd prefer to not play Elijah Moore until we kind of see that out of Deshaun Watson. He could start putting it together, but through two weeks, I would rather just keep him on my bench um, before we see Watson start to really kind of break out. In the next game, we have the Falcons taking on the Lions, and everyone was panicking last week after Drake London dropped his goose egg performance. I was kind of, you know, trying to tell everyone to remain calm. Some of these games are going to happen with this Falcons offense. They're not going to be a super high volume passing attack, but he has a really nice bounce back here in week two. Week one was just an outlier in terms of, I think they had 18 pass attempts, like sub 20 pass attempts is going to be very, very rare. We saw the Falcons throw it 32 times in week two. London gets targeted seven times, catches six of them for 67 yards and a touchdown. His weekly floor is pretty fragile just due to the downside of them being not super uh, pass heavy and not only not super pass heavy, like very run heavy. They could have those games where they're sub 25, sub 20 pass attempts a game. So that's why he's not like a locked in start for me. I think talent wise, he definitely, you know, should be someone on another roster who'd be a locked in week to week start. He's not quite there for the Falcons, but I do think he's a solid wide receiver three flex option. Also going up against the Lions. I don't think this is going to be a game where they're going to be able to go up early and control. I think this Lions team is pretty solid, so it could also end up leading to a more passive volume for the Falcons. On the other side with the Lions, going to be firing up Amon Ross St. Brown every single week, locked in, solid wide receiver one. Josh Reynolds has been really impressive through two weeks. I could understand an argument for him to be listed as a fringe option. I'd prefer to sit him just to make sure this isn't kind of like a fluky start because I do think that's kind of possible, but he's had back-to-back really strong games. Uh, Moving over to the next matchup, we have the Saints taking on the Packers. For the Saints, Chris Olave continues to play well, had a crazy like one-handed catch um, at the uh, Monday night game. Michael Thomas has been solid through two weeks, nothing crazy, but like solid wide receiver three production. He's commanding some solid volume. And then Rashid Shaheed continues to make plays if he was given a more consistent um, you know, set of routes per game, I would have him as a fringe option. He's just not on the field nearly as much as Chris Olave or Michael Thomas. So until that number starts to rise, it's going to be tough for me to really want to trust him week to week. Uh, moving over to the Packers, I have Christian Watson as a start. Hopefully he's able to get back here in week three. He's missed both week one and week two. Even if Christian Watson isn't able to give it a go, I'd probably still be sitting these uh, Packers wide receivers. We saw Romeo Dobbs catch two touchdowns in week one. Then we saw Jaden Reed catch two touchdowns in week two. The Packers are just kind of limiting their wide receiver snaps. They're not operating with two or three like clear top options. So they're all kind of limited. And I just wouldn't really want to be like picking and choosing which wide receiver I'd want to play. Um, You know, kind of feels like it's all up in the air. So for me, it would be Christian Watson or just kind of fading this uh, wide receiver room in week three. Moving over to the Texans-Jaguars matchup, got to talk about these Texans wide receivers. Nico Collins has been wildly impressive through two weeks. He had six receptions for 80 yards in week one, then seven receptions for 146 yards and a touchdown in week two. We also saw Tank Dell have a breakout game. 
He's now operating as a top three wide receiver, so his routes were really strong. And then Robert Woods kind of delivered another decent game here in week two. I think it's pretty unlikely that the Titans, or sorry, the Texans um, keep up this like super pass heavy approach they've had through two weeks. They've been trailing, so they really just needed to throw it a ton. Uh, 44 pass attempts in week one, 47 pass attempts in week two. That's led to a lot of overall passing volume, which can kind of like inflate how you feel about these players right like if you're throwing it close to 50 times a game the wide receivers are going to rack up a really strong number of targets i just feel very confidently that nico collins is their clear number one i think he is going to be the top option moving forward so even if that pass attempt number regresses to like 35 30 i would still feel comfortable starting nico collins i don't really feel the same way about tank dell or robert woods i think tank dell could definitely continue to kind of break into this offense Obviously, as a rookie, you know, he has a lot of room to grow and is someone who I do think is a solid waiver wire pickup. But in terms of week three, I'd be interested in starting Nico Collins as like a fringe wide receiver too. And then I'd be sitting Tank Dell and Robert Woods. On the other side for the Jaguars, after a huge week one, Calvin Ridley kind of, um, you know, fell back down to earth in week two. I still view him as the clear-cut wide receiver one on this team. He's a locked-in start for me, a wide receiver one moving forward. In week two, we saw a massive bounce back from Christian Kirk. The Jaguars stayed in 11 personnel for most of the game, which meant that Christian Kirk's routes weren't limited like they were in uh, week one. I think Christian Kirk is a fine like weekly wide receiver three flex option, but I do think it's hard to like go all in and fully trust a player who could end up having like a sub 70% route participation like we saw in week one. I also think Zay Jones is in that same like wide receiver three flex range. Even though he put up a goose egg in this matchup, he missed some time during the game, left in the second quarter with a knee injury. He did return, um, didn't end up, you know, catching any passes, but he had two very close touchdowns. So, you know, he was, you know, a toe away on each catch from, um, you know, like a two touchdown performance. So he was still very involved. It's not like he was completely out of the loop of this offense. So I still think he's a nice uh, fringe option this week. The next game is going to be between the Broncos and the Dolphins. For the Broncos, we kind of got a lot going on in this wide receiver room. Jerry Judy uh, made his debut. Not a super impressive game. Um, had a solid route participation, so it's not like his usage was bad. He's a guy who should be better moving forward. I think he's a nice wide receiver three at this point. Uh, Marvin Mims impressed, just caught two passes, but went for over 100 yards, scored a touchdown, only ran six routes. So he's really not playing a huge role at all even though he definitely made the most of those uh, six routes he ran. We had Brandon Johnson have two receptions and two touchdowns. Feels like a very fluky game. Definitely not someone I want to be starting. I don't even know if I'll be mentioning him in this video, like after this one game, just kind of a you know impressive one-time performance out of him. And then with Cortland Sutton, with Jerry Judy back, I view Judy as the wide receiver one for this team, which means I'm just not super interested in uh, trusting Cortland Sutton in my lineup. On the other side for the Dolphins, very easy calls here. You fire up Tyreek Hill and you fire up Jalen Waddell. That leads us into the Chargers taking on the Vikings. Keenan Allen with a monster week two. And then Mike Williams also with a really strong performance. I like this matchup here going up against the Vikings. I think these guys can put up another solid um, week three. And then for the Vikings, obviously Justin Jefferson, wide receiver one, fire him up. Jordan Addison here, I have as a fringe option. He didn't quite overtake uh, KJ Osborne in terms of operating as the wide receiver two, but his raw participation did rise to 78%. 
I believe he was below 70% in week one. So it's good to see that improvement. Had another impressive game, three receptions, 72 yards and a touchdown. So I think he's going to continue to be more and more involved week to week in terms of his route participation. And then hopefully he's able to just kind of continue replicating what he's done through two weeks. Also, um, pretty solid matchup here against the Chargers. This one kind of has shootout written all over it, in my opinion. Moving over to a divisional matchup between the Patriots and the Jets. For the Patriots, we saw Kendrick Bourne have a really strong week one. This whole group kind of, you know, fell back down to earth in week two. Devonta Parker, decent game. These guys were all, you know, somewhat involved, but just not a ton of juice out of this wide receiver room. Would not be interested in playing any of these dudes. Plus, you know, a generally a tougher matchup here against the uh, Jets. On the other side with the Jets, Garrett Wilson has been heavily talked about in terms of his fantasy value, going from Aaron Rodgers to Zach Wilson. He kind of saved his fantasy day with a 68-yard touchdown reception. Outside of that one play, he had one other catch on eight targets. I just don't have a ton of confidence in Zach Wilson going up against Bill Belichick. So I have Garrett Wilson as a fringe option. I think he's like a high-end wide receiver three just based on his talent, but this quarterback situation definitely isn't great. If um, Zach Wilson struggles in this game, I would really like to see the uh, Jets go out and find some sort of veteran that they can kind of bring in to help support Garrett Wilson. So right now he's a fringe option. Obviously the talent doesn't really match up with this ranking, but that's just really where we're at with this uh, you know, quarterback situation. Next up is going to be the Bills taking on the Commanders. Obviously you're firing up Stephon Diggs as a wide receiver one. And then even though Gabe Davis is coming off of a really big week two performance, I still have him as a sit. This is kind of like the problem with the Gabe Davises in terms of fantasy football. He's someone you probably drafted as like your wide receiver four. So you sat him in week one, then you sat him again in week two because he didn't really do anything in week one. Then he goes out, has a massive week two. You get FOMO because he was sitting on your bench. So now you want to throw him into your lineup in week three. And then that's when he delivers like two or three clunkers. And then, you know, two or three weeks later, he hits another big game. That's kind of just what we've seen out of Gabriel Davis, um, especially looking back at last season. So I don't really think, at least personally, I don't think this is a spot where like he's coming around and he's going to be a super consistent option moving forward. He's someone I still wouldn't want to be uh, trusting in my lineup. On the other side with the commanders, I have Terry McLaurin as a fringe option, going to be sitting Jahan Dotson. This is going to be a tough matchup against the Bills. I think McLaurin is a solid like wide receiver three flex option. At this point, it does seem tough to trust Dotson just based on the matchup. Plus through two weeks, he only has eight receptions for 62 yards. Hasn't been overly impressive. Also, just looking at the commander's offense, their target distribution has been less than ideal, especially for like fantasy weapons. We saw 10 different players catch passes on Sunday, and we saw eight players have three or more targets. You'd really like to see those opportunities more concentrated, um, you know, to their better players, the Terry McLaurins, the Jahan Dotsons. You would think those guys, you know, would be more involved, but they're really kind of spreading it around, which just doesn't benefit those uh, top wide receivers there. In the next game, we have the Panthers taking on the Seahawks. For the Panthers, I'm sitting their entire wide receiver room. I know Adam Thielen is coming off of an impressive game in week two. But there's just not enough passing volume to go around here to like trust anyone consistently. Like Thielen did nothing in week one. He was solid in week two, but the volume's just not there. Would not want to trust any of these players in my lineup. On the other side for the Seahawks, fire up Metcalf, fire up Lockett as very strong starts. Seems like DK Metcalf had a little bit of an injury scare, but I do believe he returned um, to that week two game. So he should be good to go moving forward. For JSN, I believe I had him as a fringe option heading into week two. 
I've dropped him to a sit. He only had a 62% route participation. So instead of improving on his week one usage, he actually kind of regressed. I don't think this is a situation where the Seahawks are like, you know, not impressed with him and they're intentionally tanking his usage. I just think this is the spot he's lined up in right now. He's like their wide receiver three, but not a team that's going to use a ton of three wide receiver sets or like, you know, entirely three wide receiver sets. Like there are teams that consistently get 85 plus percent route participation for three wide receivers. The Texans come to mind. Um, we saw it with Nico Collins, Tank Dell, and Robert Woods. That's just not how the Seahawks are running things right now. So I just don't really think he's playable until that usage improves. Um, in the next game, we have the Cowboys taking on the Cardinals. For the Cowboys, you fire up CeeDee Lamb as a wide receiver one. Brandon Cooks missed this game. So we'll see if he plays here in week three. If he's healthy, good to go, not limited. I think he's a fringe option, like a back-end wide receiver three, uh, flex play. Michael Gallup really has not been it this season. I thought he had some hope um, second year off the ACL. Just hasn't happened. And then on the other side for the Cardinals, I have Marquise Brown listed as a fringe option. These are like the type of games, the week two game, that I thought we could kind of be seeing out of Marquise Brown operating as the wide receiver one in a bad offense. 10 targets, 6 receptions, 54 yards, and a touchdown. Had an impressive 36% target rate. Tough matchup here against the uh, Cowboys, but I still think he's a wide receiver three flex option this week. Um, next up is going to be the Bears taking on the Chiefs. For the Bears, I have DJ Moore as a fringe option. We saw a nice bounce back out of him in week two after a rough week one. It's really just tough to trust um, really anyone in this Bears offense. Like Moore is going to be a fringe option. I still think you fire up Fields as a start at the quarterback position just based on the potential rushing upside but it's not a great look. We just saw the Chiefs defense look really impressive against the Jaguars. So he's a wide receiver three for me, probably like a high to mid-tier wide receiver three. Still like him moving forward, but got to feel a little bit disappointed with how Fields has looked through two weeks. For the Chiefs, this wide receiver room is still kind of all over the place, still very gross. Sky Moore had the best fantasy day in this room, um, but MVS was the only Chief with above a 75% route participation. That actually included Travis Kelsey, but it seemed like they were just kind of, you know, easing him back into the offense after his uh, knee injury. The Chiefs are another team, like I talked about the Commanders, they really just insist on spreading the ball around. 11 players, or 11 different players were targeted in this game, in their week two game, and 10 of those players saw multiple targets. So kind of just fading this wide receiver room. I think if you were to roster one at this point, it would probably be Sky Moore. But I mean, even with him, I don't have a ton of optimism moving forward. The next game is going to be between the Steelers and the Raiders. For the Steelers here, George Pickens kind of saved his fantasy day with a big touchdown. I think he's a fringe option. Uh, Deontay Johnson going on IR. Pickens will be the wide receiver one. The Steelers offense just looks rough. Kenny Pickett has looked pretty terrible through two weeks. Um, like I don't think he was amazing last year, but it does not seem like he's taken any steps. If anything, it seems like he may have uh, kind of regressed. I don't know how much of that is on him compared to Matt Canada, the offensive coordinator, but it hasn't been great, and that's not a great look for George Pickens. Still view him as like a wide receiver three flex option, but not ideal. For the Raiders, obviously you fire up Devontae Adams. I think he had a little bit of an injury scare. Sounds like he's good to go for week three. Jacoby Myers could definitely make his return off of a concussion protocol here in week three after missing week two. He had a really impressive week one. I think he's a decent fringe option this week, like a wide receiver, fringe wide receiver three option, I think is probably where he would uh, slide in there. 
Moving over to the Eagles-Buccaneers matchup. For the Eagles, you just fire up their two stud wide receivers, A.J. Brown, Devonta Smith, locked in as starts. And then for the Bucs, I have Mike Evans as a start, Chris Godwin as a fringe option. Even though I have them separated, in terms of my like overall rankings or my wide receiver rankings that I'll put out um, on Thursday, they're probably going to be pretty close to back-to-back, like in a very similar range. Evans has just been the more productive guy through two weeks. I don't think that's necessarily like guaranteed to continue throughout the entire season, but so far it does seem like uh, Evans and Baker have some pretty good rapport going. So Evans as a start, Chris Godwin as a fringe option. Also the Eagles, you know, tough defense, but they have not been uh, great at stopping the uh, pass. We saw it with the Vikings. We also saw it with the uh, Patriots. So maybe the Bucks kind of take advantage of that here um, in week three. Moving over to the Rams-Bengals matchup. believe this is the final game of the week, the last Monday night game. Starting off with the Rams here, I mean, Puka Nakua has been unreal through two weeks. He's commanded 35 targets, has 25 receptions for 266 yards. That is in two weeks um, of a rookie wide receiver and not like a highly touted rookie wide receiver, a rookie dude who just kind of came out of nowhere. We'll see if this crazy run continues into week three. But at this point, like with the volume he's commanding, he feels like someone who has to be a must start in your lineup. Like you just can't miss out on another one of these huge boom games. So he will be a start for me. I'm a little bit less confident in Tutu Atwell just because he hasn't commanded the same level of volume that Puka Nakua has. But I mean, 17 targets through two weeks is definitely solid. Um, he's gone six for 119, seven for 77. So I think he's a fringe option. The Rams offense looks really strong, even without Cooper Cup. So that's how I feel about those Rams wide receivers. For the Bengals, firing up Jamar Chase and T. Higgins as starts, sitting Tyler Boyd, really hoping Joe Burrow is able to give it a go in this game and you know kind of get healthy soon. Seems like uh, right after I talked about Jamar Chase, it's like a buy low, then the uh, Joe Burrow kind of injury concern or like you know aggravation concerns kind of popped up. I still think even if Burrow misses this game, I feel like you still fire up Chase and T. Higgins as like at worst wide receiver twos. I feel like they're just too talented to uh, sit, but obviously you're hoping that Joe Burrow is good to go in that game. So that's going to wrap it up for every single week 16 wide receiver matchup. If you guys enjoyed, hit that like button. If you have any fantasy questions, drop those down below. If you haven't seen my uh, running back video, go check that one out. I'll have the uh, quarterbacks and the tight ends out tomorrow. So thank you all for stopping by and I will see you in the next one.